Hey everyone, it's Monday, so we've got another episode of the Road to Revenue series. Today's episode is on Wayne Dyer's power of intention, and we cover the seven faces of intention. That's right, learn to take every possibility and make it a probability and turn your probabilities into your reality. Tweet me at David Meltzer, your favorite takeaway from today's episode, and check the show notes to see how you can text me or email me at any time. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook. Hey, welcome everyone to Friday Training. Over 21 years of doing this every Friday, or almost every Friday, sometimes it's a Thursday, but uh, nonetheless, I am super excited about today because we're gonna train about one of my mentors, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite inspirational leaders, thought leaders, uh, Wayne Dyer. Dr. Wayne Dyer, if you haven't checked out Wayne Dyer, please do so. There's more great things to learn from Wayne Dyer than anything uh, or any else uh, that I I have studied. Um, He is one of the most valuable mentors. In fact, I'm also working with his daughters who wrote a book called Knowing. But one of the most powerful pieces that I study and listen to almost daily is the power of intention. Intention is a field. Intention is part of the mathematical equation of luck. What you focus in on and what you give your intention to, what you think, say, do, believe, understanding our personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions, understanding inherited inside of ourselves genetically and energetically. If we have intention combined with the focus, we will manifest a coincidence. And that coincidence is everything uh, that we want. And so I'm going to go through what Dr. Wayne Dyer has called the seven faces of intention and these are which and can be utilized with that mathematical equation of luck to allow things to happen allowance is the process of clearing the interference between you and what you already have or already are it is a reaffirmation and acknowledgement of what you are connected to and through and the process of intention with these faces allow you to appreciate with gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability to add value to all that you focus in on, all that you receive, all that you give in that acknowledgement to continue the flow of intention in this great field. Because what we want to live is an intentional life. And when we live with intention, the coincidences that we want not that we don't want, not that's missing, not that other the people want for us, but that we want come into play. And that's how we create happiness by making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun. The first face of intention is creativity. Creativity is the mirroring of the expression of God. It actually is the expression of God. It's mirroring the source itself and allowing us to create or manifest what we want. Uh, studying the origin of creativity uh, is the word enthusiasm. Uh, and that comes from the Greek word entheos, which means God within. And so our genius, our creativity is an expression of God. And enthusiasm is a way that we walk through life, enthusiastic, energetic of what we want, increasing the statistical success efficiency and effectiveness of what we're doing that we're more productive we're more accessible and more gracious when we're creative when we're in theos when we're enthusiastic uh, also is aligned with just being happy it's very difficult to be in the pursuit and to be happy if we're not 
enthusiastic. Um, Dr. Wayne Dyer said there's a universal source of energy that is called the power of intention. This source, whether you call it God, the divine, or something else, is always connected to and through us and is infinite in its possibilities. If we want to take advantage of those possibilities, we need to live in spirit, in spirit, inspired, in theos, enthusiastic. And the way that we create that enthusiasm to live inspired is to be creative. In order to be creative, we have to know what we want. See, originally there's nothing. And when we are creative, it turns into a possibility. When we're enthusiastic or inspired by that creativity, it becomes a probability. And then we can utilize strategy, awareness, and discipline in order to effectuate the reality of that probability to our perspective, uh, allowing creativity to materialize as if we were 3D printers and we were full of all the resources around us in order to effectuate the coincidences or the materialization of what we want. Creativity is the first face of intention, taking nothingness, making it a possibility, possibility becoming inspired, enthusiastic to make it a probability, and then raising our awareness with discipline strategy to create a manifestation, a coincidence, a materialization of what we want from nothingness to the materialization of what we want, a coincidence that other people would define as luck. Uh, realize that there is creativity within everyone and learn to recognize and appreciate the impulses of creativity. Uh, you don't have to be an artist or a writer to be creative. Creativity is just as important in a business person as it is anyone else looking for the next big idea. If you've ever felt inspired or a purpose or a calling, then you know that the feeling of spirit is working within you, that you have cleared some sort of interference and that you now can work within the context of creativity, the first face of intention to start the process of the coincidences you want in your life of what you want, not what other people want or what's missing. Learn to recognize this state of spirit. Learn to unlock your enthusiasm and your inner creativity. Learn to harness the energy that you're connected to and through. The second face of connect to us, oh, sorry. The second face of intention is kindness. It's my superpower. It's what I want to leave is my leg legacy. Uh, and so what I believe uh, to be the superpower of kindness is ignorant humility, not ignorant arrogance. Uh, and you cannot live an intentional life without caring about the impact uh, that you will make on everything else, not just others, but everything else. Kind people are givers, but you can't give without receiving. And so we have to make sure that we are receiving everything in goodwill and good intention to add or appreciate, uh, to add value or appreciate it and give it away in kindness. In order to be kind, we need to utilize radical humility uh, in our ignorance that we don't know what we don't know. Uh, Xanders wrote about rule number six, uh, that we can't take ourselves so seriously uh, if we're going to be kind either. We have no need to be offended or right or uh, separate from, inferior to, or superior from, angry, frustrated, or angry. All of these things that get in the way of our kindness, our pure being of creativity and kindness together. Uh, we try to be not only kind in the present, but kind to our future self. Uh, to be kind to your future self, you need to be kind when nobody's watching. And that kindness 
will allow you to expand and grow through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, to live inspired, to be more creative, to live in Theos enthusiastically. And the face of kindness uh, is the second face of intention. Whether you call it karma, uh, whether you believe the more you give, the more you receive, uh, you have a certain amount from nothing, nothing. And then when we appreciate it, it expands. When you give it away, being kind, we give away what we've received and appreciated. The size and scope and scale of what you have is greater. The void is greater. And that's the idea of the more you give, the more you receive. But you need to receive in order to expand and grow even more. What happens is we diminish our capacity if we don't feel kind in receiving or receiving in kind what we're giving. So you can't receive or give what you don't have. You can receive to give. Uh, and moreover, the law of recipro reciprocity uh, is the power of positive thinking. When you work from the belief that you're rewarded for good intentions is fine, but you need to also receive in order to expand and grow. You will limit your capacity if all you do is give everything you have without concentrating on receiving more to expand, grow, and accelerate, compound your interest in order to give more. Uh, Wayne Dyer talks about the power of intention. When you do something kind for someone else, uh, it's one of the biggest gifts like happiness because a dose is given. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins are released when we do something kind. And the person receiving that, a dose is given to as well. But the most powerful and viral thing about kindness is that anyone witnessing an act of kindness, dose is released. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorf endorphins are released. So you're getting a dose of happiness for all. And it is the most viral and positive thing you can do is to be kind. One of my favorite quotes from Dr. Dyer is, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. Uh, so be compassionate, give your kindness, your humility to others, and be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Good deeds are seeds. You know, I talk about being kind to your future self. Remember that good deeds are seeds. So many times uh, when I've done something good, it is a seed for something that I want to happen. Uh, it's not quid pro, it's not negotiation, it's not trade. I'm not doing the good deed in return of or in exchange for. But simply, if you tell yourself the doing good deeds are seeds that just allow what I want to grow, even if I can't see the connectivity between what I'm doing and what I want, it is connected in the fact that there is a unlimited amount of what I want and what I can have. And by planting seeds, more will grow within the context of what I want and what I have. Doing good deeds is planting the seeds for what I want, even if you can't see the relativity or connectivity between the two. The third face of intention is the truth or love. Uh, when living with intention, you are able to find light, love, and lessons in everything. <clears throat> Not only do you have a deep, meaningful relationship with others, but you're also accepting the flaws in them as well. You have a direct relationship to the greatest source of power, light, and love. And just as that power and source looks into you for the love, the light, and the lessons inspires you, 
you should do the same of others. We can find light, love, and lessons in anything and everyone. This power of intention to find it, the superpower of everyone, is in practicality only determined upon the great chain of feeding. See, 80% uh, of your time is spent on feeding people that bleed you. And so you're looking for what you don't want, what's missing or spending time that with somebody that's not ready, you can't meet them to a point. They don't have the skills, the knowledge, or the desire to meet you where they can help you. And instead of wasting your time, go ahead and move on, let them fall away or even fire them in the, from your life so that you can give your resources, your time, your intention to the truth, to love, to those who do share the light, the love and the lessons with you. Look for open minds. I have uh, probably the most popular template that I'm giving out is the open-minded template uh, where we only decipher people by their love with the intention of light, love and lessons. And we do that by finding open minds. Too many people waste time on closed minds. I say, if we find a closed mind, walk away, fired from our life. When we find an open mind, use the open-minded uh, question template that I have in order to determine one, if it is an open mind, and two, if it's a sponsor, someone that can find someone to help us, or a power sponsor, someone that can help us themselves, and or find someone that can help us. This template of open mind, the questions can change the entire format or resources that you have. It can effectuate the great chain of feeding, surrounding yourself by those people that feed you, not bleed you. I am telling you, whether it's your children, your family, your friends, associates, executives, you need to determine that great chain of feeding within the context of your situation. You can do this by utilizing the third face of intention, love and truth. And that's what we want to look for for everyone. Then make a quantitative analysis of how much energy we're going to put into the person by how much they feed us. The fourth, well, one more thing on love too. Uh, when you think of the um, emotion of love, love actually uh, clears the interference of judgments, conditions, separations, inferiority, superiority. Love will heal the needs of the ego, those primal fears that remove the blood from your brain and put them into the body and accelerate us into the wrong direction. When we utilize that face of intention of love, we are actually clearing the interference, allowing ourselves to take the humble position without taking judgments or conditions, anger, resentment, offense, separation, inferiority, superiority, guilt, all of these things dissolve, dissipate, or disappear when the face of love as an intention of yours is put into play. And so we have creativity, kindness, and love. The fourth face of intention is beauty. Uh, Dr. Dyer said that the face of beauty is the face of intention. A person who has this in uh, intention can find beauty in every aspect of every existence. This is my secret sauce. This is what I'm trying to teach so many people is to learn to love what you do. Too many people are separate from and think that they have to love everything. They have to somehow be passionate, purposeful, and profitable in everything. Uh, and that's not how it works. There's love in everything. I use the example of uh, food at a fair. If we all went walking down uh, the food aisle at the fair, some of us would look over at the fried chocolate peanut butter cups and say, oh my God, that looks amazing. And others of us would say, that's disgusting. Well, neither of us had tried it, but there's some innate quantum attraction, intention 
that allows some of us to easily find the love, the light, and the lessons in it, and others we'd have to work at it. The biggest distinguishment is that you can learn to love it. The question is, is it worth my time, energy, emotion, and value to learn to love it, or should I move on and go over to the turkey stick or go on down to the homemade uh, potato chips or uh, to the funnel cake or something else? That's the pragmatic decision that exists here in the quantitative pragmatic time and space of the earth, meaning the man-made constructs that we live in. People cannot blend these two things because they don't know the face of intention of beauty. They try to find what's missing, what they don't want, what other people want, what bugs them, what flaws they have, creating separation, judgments, and conditions, projecting their own insecurity, usually by picking out the flaws in other people that they have within themselves that bother them the most about themselves. Uh, I went through my entire life thinking I hated my father because he was an overseller, a back-end seller, a liar, manipulator, and cheater. Uh, and later on in life, I realized that uh, I didn't hate my father at all that I was the overseller, back-end seller, manipulator, cheater, and I was just projecting what judgments and conditions I had on him, those innate quantitative values that I had inherited either energetically or genetically from him, and then blamed him for it, uh, not taking accountability for that uh, idea that there's beauty in everything. If I would have spent more time, and I wish I would have in my relationship, it was too late in my life. I wasted many years trying to think about what I didn't like about my father instead of what power that he had, looking for the beauty, the light, the lessons in my father <clears throat> and to learn to appreciate the beauty of everything inside everyone is a superpower. You just need to ask yourself, is it worth the time? Not that if it's not worth the time, you don't judge it, condition it, attack it. You simply try to understand it and pray for its happiness, allow it to fall away or fire it from your life if it's too much, not much, too much time and not a priority. And so utilizing an understanding how to prioritize by importance is so important, uh, but beauty uh, can be used to reframe negative thoughts that you have towards others and replace them with appreciation, a thankful attitude, trying to find the light, the love and the lessons, especially in relationships with employees, associates, executives, family, and friends. If you took the amount of time that you wasted with people that bleed us or the time that you spent looking for what you don't want in relationships, you would save so much time, money, emotion. I have a story when I worked for Lee Steinberg, uh, <clears throat> probably the most notable sports agent in the world with his own quirkiness. Uh, Lee could talk the ears off a wooden Indian, right? You ask him what time it is, he tells you the history of the clock. So. I had made an agreement, I wake up early, that I would be in the office very early, but I would be able to leave in the early afternoon around 3.30 or 4 to miss traffic from Newport Beach to San Diego. I would tell myself that, oh my God, don't, don't, please, please don't ask me a question, please. And I'd walk by his office and sure enough, I'd get what I don't want because I was putting my intention into what I didn't want. But even worse, when I finally at seven o'clock got out of there and was driving home, I think to myself, oh my gosh, my wife's going to be so mad at me. She doesn't understand I'm doing this for her. All the different things that were not in appreciation or beauty, were not utilizing the power of intention with the face of love and truth and beauty in it. And sure enough, when I got home, I got reamed. When I changed my perspective, not only by saying that 
I, what I wanted, I would get out of here early, everything would go fine. And then sure enough, it did. But if I did get caught and driving home and instead telling myself with the face of intention of beauty, I'm so blessed to have the wife that I have that she understands what I'm doing. She's so patient and understanding and so grateful that I have to spend all this extra time explaining the history of the clock to Lee Steinberg. That's exactly what I got. Appreciation, patience, and a loving wife. Look for what you want and what in those that you want. And if you're not finding it, make a quantitative decision if it's worth the time, emotion, and energy. The fifth base of intention is one of my favorite. It's expansion. The whole universe is expanding. Your intention should grow and expand as fast as possible. We live between limitlessness and infinity, and we are normally limiting ourselves. We are asking for crumbs. That's why, for me, I want to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach them to make money, help people, and have fun, and not allow them to attach their emotions to an outcome or a single outcome. If you want to expand, the easiest way to do so is to understand the size, scope, and scale of the universe, the limitlessness and infinity that we live upon, to understand that everything aggregates upon itself and compounds in its own interests, and that positive behavior accelerates in its own direction, even if you can't be aware of the results that you have. Negative behavior does the same thing. The only difference is when we do things positive, we expect instant results and we never get them. And when we do negative things, we don't ever expect a negative result. And by the time we get a result, either positive or negative, it's either too late that we quit because the positive actions didn't give us a quick enough result, or it's too late on the negative action to recover. And so we end up creating so many huge voids, obstacles, shortages into our lives, accelerating unaware in the wrong direction, compounding and expanding what we don't want. That is why we have to enjoy the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of our own potential. Expand your awareness, expand and accelerate your vibration, your frequency. You can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. So the higher your vibration, the higher your frequency by expanding and growing and accelerating, or just the same as more you receive, then the bigger the void will be when you give it away, which will allow you to receive more. Don't set limits, don't ask for crumbs. Learn to listen to your intuition and go ahead and utilize the GPS of faith in order to know, even though we can't see the results, that you're expanding, growing and accelerating in the right direction, utilizing the five daily practices of knowing your what, who can help me and who can I help, my how by being a student of the calendar, importance versus urgency by knowing what to do now, which is probably the biggest challenge for people because they don't know their what, their who, and the how, and then they wonder why they don't know what to do. And then finally, applying their why with the intentions of creativity, kindness, love, and beauty. If we live within the context of those four faces of intention, expansion, the fifth face of intention will allow us to receive more. The sixth face of intention is that of unlimited abundance. Uh, and this is the three worlds uh, that are so difficult to determine. Most people live in a world of not enough. At one time or another, there's just not enough of anything for anyone. Everything happens to them. They're victims and they live in liability and blame, shame and justification for everything that occurs in their life. Some people are lucky enough to move into a world of just enough 
where they feel as if they're abundant, they're philanthropic, they're giving, but there's just enough for them. Everything is about them. Uh, it's a very narcissistic, arrogant ignorance that they're living in. It's just enough. And so they're in com constant comparison uh, because there are limitations because if they have it, that means no one else can. If they've achieved it, that means they're better or separate from. Everything is not happening to them. It's happening for them. They're very lucky, but they're usually in competition and that comparison robs their joy because then they need to project that and they buy things they don't need uh, to impress people they don't like. They're constantly pursuing more and more because they never have enough because it is a limited world. And if they don't get it, somebody else will. Uh, and this abundance, unlimited abundance that exists is the sixth face of intention where you have to have faith that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. See, if you have true faith, there's more than enough of everything for everyone. You have no problem receiving and you have no problem appreciating what you receive, meaning giving value to what you receive and giving it away, which allows you to acknowledge, to acquire the knowledge of what you have. You see, through the unlimited abundance and belief in abundance, utilizing faith that there's more than enough you can receive more and more and more and give more and more away. In other words, make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Uh, you can act as if it's already done. You have a belief or a faith that all you need to do is clear the interference between you and that which you want and it will allow it to be. Uh, you are happy, you are healthy, you are wealthy and you are worthy. Most people go through their entire life searching for all four of those things, their health, their happiness, their wealth, and their worthiness when they already have it. What they should be focusing in on is clearing the interference between it and as if they already have it. It's done, it's done, it's done. There's an unlimited world between limitlessness and infinity where everything you want with these in bases of intention, which are the clearing agents or the cleaning agents between you and what you already are. The final and last face of intention with Dr. Wayne Dyer is rest. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to learn how to speak. Receptivity. Uh, and this means being open minded. Uh, as I mentioned before, my open minded template is probably my most popular template. The ability to gather information, to learn about someone else, to realize what they're listening for, and to continue to ask and to learn and to find the light, the love, and the lessons. So you can determine through more particular close-ended or leading questions, how you can be of service or value to somebody and or how they can help you. We also use it as a qualifier to trust everyone, but to vet for a what? Closed mind. See, the ultimate determination that will continue to create abundance in your life and to allow the power of intention to manifest what you want rapidly and accurately is to determine a closed mind immediately. By asking simple open-ended questions uh, with these open-ended question guide I have of simply, you know, how are you? What are you doing today? Where are you from? Allowing someone to open up or determine if they're closed-minded, then we can determine the two things that are most necessary to create abundance, to create flow, to allow the power of intention to work its magic. And that's to figure out how we can be of service or how they could be serviced to us as a sponsor, someone that knows someone that could help us and or a power sponsor, someone that could help us themselves and know someone that could help us. 
These are the seven faces of intention. If you use these, you will have the mathematical equation of luck. What you pay attention to, these seven faces, and give intention to utilizing creativity, kindness, love, beauty, expansion, unlimited abundance, and receptivity. By using those, attention plus intention equals the coincidences that you want in your life. All right, we're ready for some Q&A. They've loaded it in here. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of people here. Uh, we're gonna take questions, IG questions, webinar. We have over 50,000 people registered here. And of course, on Clubhouse, welcome everybody. We are talking about intention. We will answer any questions you have. I'll start online and then we'll get our first guest up on Clubhouse. First question, what's the difference between intention and doing something on purpose? Woo, that's a good question. Um, intention is what we think, say, do, believe within the context of our personality traits, our characteristics, our obsessions, and, addic and addictions. Purpose is applying our why, or applying our why to our intention. That's the difference. He, uh, Thoughts about your purpose or applying your why is your purpose. And then we give our purpose intention. So once we apply our why, we give it what we think, say, do, believe, and understanding personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. Thoughts about your purpose are your purpose. It's the ability to apply your why. And then you give your intention to what you're focused in on. And that will speed up the coincidences that you want in your life. All right. We have our first guest up here, David Teharis. How are you? Hey, I'm great. I saw a coaching session with David and I saw Brielle in here and, and Jake. So I thought I'd. Thank you so much. You have a question for me? No, Jake just invited me up, my friend. I just wanted to listen. All right. That's cool. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, David. I'll take another question online. We'll bring somebody else up that wants to, to ask me a question. I really appreciate everyone, Brielle, for uh, coming on and joining us. This is about <clears throat> the power of intention but we're more than happy to answer. Which of the seven faces has been the most impactful for you and why? Uh, kindness for me. Um, it, it's simple. It's like gratitude, it's overlooked, but kindness to me has become my legacy. If I just ask myself, what would a kind person do? It immediately puts me into humility and ignorance. It immediately tells me, I don't know what I don't know, but I have an open mind about it. And I'm willing to do everything I can to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential, to be what I must be, to do my best, to learn lessons and have fun. Uh, but it immediately takes me out of arrogance that I actually know what I'm doing, that there's certainty in my life. See, once you have that radical humility that you don't know what you don't know, there is a sense of certainty in doing your best, learning something and having fun. There's no certainty in uh, that when you're arrogant. It's very hard when you think you know what you know to do your best because you're limiting yourself because you know what you know. It's definitely more difficult to learn something when you think you know it already. And third, to have fun, it's not much fun if you think you already knew it, already did it. How much fun is it you know, to keep on talking about two plus two equals four if you know the answer? Uh, so arrogance versus humility, understanding ignorance and the rule six, which is simply don't take yourself so seriously. Do your best, enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, be what you must be, learn lessons, expand, grow, 
and most importantly, have fun. All right, our next guest on Clubhouse, the double F, Frank Frank Freeney. How are you? I'm good, David. How are you doing this morning? Amazing. Thank you. Happy Friday. What has been your biggest challenge of this week? You know, readjusting my five daily practices. Um, so uh, I had my 24th wedding anniversary. I had my wife's birthday. Uh, I decided to work from our beach home. And so I made multiple adjustments uh, within the context of one, my health, having that as a non-negotiable, two, my family, uh, and then three, the activity I get paid for. Those are the prioritized non-negotiables that I had. The challenge was to, within the context of a quick turnaround, I've been so consistent with COVID and being remote and you know this routine was so set. It was a quick adjustment to have an adaptable routine every day and to remain productive, accessible and gracious, but also uh, to feel comfortable prioritizing my time in a different manner uh, to not feel like I was not productive because I was giving more time uh, to my family over the activity I got paid for, especially family and friends. So I was trying to fight the guilt, which is a ego-based emotion. Um, when you feel guilty about what you're doing, all you're telling yourself is you're not sure that you prioritize correctly. So I was consistently trying to spend minutes and moments in guilt by reminding myself, recollecting, remembering how important my wife is, how important my friends are. And that took away the guilt when I reassured myself of my five daily practices, what I wanted personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise, who can help me with that and who I can help, how was I gonna get it done? And I prioritized my friends and family at a greater extension, a different balance than normal. And it created a great struggle, but it was a great lesson for me too, to remind myself, you know, I'm not there yet either. And it was challenging and fun to see how, you know, the routine got disrupted and how I handled it. <laughs> Hopefully that answered your question. Definitely. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Best decision of my life. Shout out to my wife for her birthday and our anniversary for putting up with me and looking for the light, the love, and the lessons and teaching me and leading me to be a better person. That's definitely for sure. Uh, thank you for joining us, Frank. I'm going to take another question online. Next up after this question is Mia Jacobson. Thanks for joining us. I'll take this question. Can you please explain how we can use intention plus attention to create luck? Um, I think it's the mathematical equation of luck. What we use is the five daily practices. When we focus in on what we want, who can help us, who we can help, and how we're going to get it done by being a student of our calendar, by using lenses of productivity, of how much value we're going to provide, of accessibility, of how accessible are we to the people that we want to feed us and feed them, and the lens of gratitude, which is in the context of the faces of intention, to be able to find the light, the love, and the lessons, creativity, kindness, love, beauty, expansion, abundance, and receptivity. If we're able to do that, what we focus in on by utilizing the five daily practices, applying our why, it will, with these faces of intention, create coincidences that other people may not even imagine or believe. So biggest compliment people can give me is like, oh my gosh, he is so lucky. 
well, look, you know, I manifested, you know, for example, I got that a lot, lot this week because my wife is so extraordinary. I was like, dude, you are so lucky. Yeah. But you know, I met her in the fourth grade and I put my attention and my intention into marrying her. And, you know, by the time I was 29 or 30, I got to marry her. Uh, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, but what we pay attention to and what we give intention to creates luck. People think coincidences are luck. I don't. I think they're manifested. I think you can create what you want in life. The coincidences you want or better, faith will make them better. You can create coincidences that are even better than what you want. So be lucky, pay attention, focus into what you want and give what you think, say, do and believe towards it. And you'll be amazed how many coincidences or how lucky you become. Mia, you got a question for me? Yes, I do. Uh, I don't know if you can help me, but I still am going to try. I have yeah. a disability and I can't accept it. Um, you have a disability and I missed the second part. Say it one more time. I can't accept it. Oh, yes. So first of all, <clears throat> we all have disabilities. And uh, those disabilities uh, are either internal and some are external. Uh, and so what we need to do, all of us, is to be grateful to find the light, the love, and the lessons and the perfection of our imperfections. Uh, and so in order to create acceptance to our challenges, our weaknesses, I don't like the word disabilities because I believe that a, a weakness moved to a different place could be a strength um, and that other strengths exist in you that don't exist in, in others as well. And so what we want to use are four things to help us accept uh, the things that we don't or may not like or accept about ourselves. Number one, gratitude. Do not take for granted what other people are wishing for. What we want to do is find the light, the love, and the lessons in who we are. We need to learn to love ourselves with our strengths, our weaknesses, as you say, our disabilities and abilities. Not everyone has the same abilities that other people have, and they're aligned to either something that exists socioeconomically or culturally. It doesn't matter. If you love you, if you focus in on gratitude to be thankful for what you do have, the strengths that you do have, and not what you don't have, your entire perception will change. Remember, your perception's your co-pilot. That, that's the co-pilot that's directing your life. And our perception needs to be controlled with gratitude, one, to be thankful for everything, for not taking it granted for what other people are wishing for, by looking for what we do like and loving the strengths within us. And then two, forgiving ourselves. You know, we're so hard on ourselves. We're so judgmental and attacking of ourselves. So we need to forgive ourselves for the ego-based consciousness of separating ourselves and not loving ourselves, not feeling worthy, not feeling happy. Those things already exist in everyone. You are connected to the exact same source that I'm connected to. And we need to forgive ourselves for creating the interference between us and that which is we're connected to. The greatest analogy I've come up with that changed my life is that <clears throat> I have four children and we were talking about faith and I have many disabilities um, and I've been working through those. And some are traumatic things that have happened to me in my childhood and all types of you know different things that cause me to be a liar, a cheater, manipulator, overseller, backend seller, to be not worthy, to be not happy, to make so many mistakes. And one of my mentors said to me, Dave, do you know how you feel about your children? 
I said, I know, of course. He said, you know what you would do for your children? I said, everything. I give my life for my children. I give everything to my children. He said, imagine something that's far more powerful than you, far more omniscient than you, has far more than you'll ever imagine in abundance that cares the exact same way about you. That's faith. So regardless of my disabilities, I all of a sudden feel so, felt so empowered that there's perfections in what I perceive as my imperfections. And I was able to be grateful for who I was, happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, what I have to forgive the things that have been put upon me and then take accountability for them. I'm not going to live my life in a, you know, why me attitude and look at what I don't have. Instead, I'm a try me person. You know what? I don't have what I want. So I'm going to use the what, the who, the how, the now and apply my why until I get it. And I have faith that I'm walking besides and inside the greatest source of power, light and lessons. You will learn to accept everything you are, the happiness, the health, the wealth and the worthiness when you learn to love yourself through gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability, and live inspired, in spirit, enthusiastic with the creativity, kindness, love, beauty, expansion, abundance, and receptivity of you and everything that comes through you. Practice loving yourself. I really appreciate your vulnerability and bringing up that learn to love you. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again, Mia. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna take another question online. Uh, the amazing Brielle, she is next. I will take a quick question online here. What should we do if we're surrounded by negative people only? I felt like it's nightmare to get rid of them. Please suggest. <laughs> wow. Um, first of all, you're halfway there. You've identified the negative people around you. And there's a great chain of feeding that I utilize I determine whether someone feeds me and if they feed me, I spend the majority of my time, resources, money, value, attention and intention on the people that feed me. And then I let the people fall away that are negative and those that are bleeding me, I will go as far as firing them. And the way that you fire people, by the way, is let them know if you're gonna fire someone from your life that you don't like who you are around them and has nothing to do with them. It's all about you, you're accountable and that you are not going to be around them because you don't like who you are and uh, you appreciate and love them and pray for their happiness but you're not gonna be around them. The good thing is there's so much noise today. It's so easy to allow people just to fall away because there's so many other things distracting them of their attention. Back when it was a quieter world, people would obsess on, you haven't called me, you haven't called me. People don't even notice you've let them fall away about 99% of the time. Uh, when I give percentages, by the way, remember 99% of all statistics are made up, including the ones that are made by me. Uh, so make sure that you either allow these negative people to fall away or fire them and then focus your attention, resources, and time, value, and money on the people that feed you. They will introduce you to other people that will feed you away uh, as well. Like-minded people surround themselves with like-minded people. Positive people attract positive people. You are obviously in a vacuum of negativity. Get yourself out of there. It is a nightmare and create a new dream, a new dream team of positive friends uh, that feed you. All right, next up, the incredible Brielle. How are you? Um, what are a few key lessons that you've taught your children that maybe I can instill? In yeah, 
key lessons that I've taught my children that you can instill. So first of all, I realized one thing, my children do not listen to me. They watch me. So I want them to emulate what I do that's positive. And I want to be able to communicate with them and empower them. Uh, so I have several different simple things that I ask of them. One, I ask them to do their best. So whenever they're engaged in school, social activities, whatever it may be, cleaning the garage, uh, I want them to do your, their best. I want them to learn something in everything that they do. And I want them to find the light, the love and lessons or make it fun. Um, so those are the three things uh, that I want to instill in them, no matter what they do. Do your best, learn lessons, have fun. You're gonna be extremely successful. I want them to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential in that direction. Um, there's four things though that I want from them. I want them to be happy, number one. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be and uh, in, in love me and I want them to appreciate me, meaning I want them to know that I add value to their, their life. And I do that by reminding them uh, and showing them by my actions uh, that I love them, I'm proud of them, and I always have their back. Uh, I think it's very important for our children to know that I have unconditional love, just like God has for me. I may not be as omniscient, I may not be as powerful, but my love for my children are the same that God has for me, and whatever you believe. And so when your children know that, they know it, they'll be able to be open and honest. They will do their best. They will learn lessons and have fun. They will be grateful. They'll be forgiving. They'll be accountable. They'll live inspired lives. Uh, and I am telling you, there's not uh, too much else you need from your children uh, to do or see, think or say. Remember, they don't listen to you. They watch you. Teach them to do their best, learn lessons and have fun. Make sure they know that you want them to be happy, healthy, appreciate and love you. Make sure they know that you love them, you're proud of them, and you always have their back. That's how I work uh, with my children, and I'm blessed uh, that they are responding in time, in kind. They are definitely not perfect, but uh, they have great progress, and they're beautiful, wonderful children. But they are children. <laughs> so thank you, Brielle. No, great answer. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'll take another lesson online. Next up. Ryan Molyneux, uh, hopefully he's safe with that uh, Creole name uh, down in New Orleans. Hopefully he's dry and safe and has moved his butt up to the sunshine before they got, uh, and we'll all pray for everyone down in, in New Orleans, in Louisiana. Uh, anyway, Ryan, you're up next. Let me take a quick question. What is the most valuable lesson that you have learned this week? Um, you know, the most valuable lesson I learned was about ignorance and arrogance. And so what I say is there's two types of people, ignorant people and ignorant people, but there's ignorant, humble people and ignorant, arrogant people. But what I learned, and I've, I've known that, but what I've learned this week is that there's two types of ignorant, arrogant people. Um, I used to think the ignorant, arrogant people were people that knew it all, were manipulative, overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, cheating, you know, just intentionally uh, narcissistic uh, but there is another type of ignorant, arrogant person uh, that we all have in our life. And it's those people that love us too much and they think they know what's best for us. So they have great intentions, right? I'll use my mom as an example. 
wonderful intentions. She would only want the best for me, but the problem is she thinks she knows what's best for me. That's an impossibility because I don't even know what's best for me. She may know what would be the safest decision or in her mind would be a stable something or whatever her values were, but there's an ignorant arrogance to it that, you know, one, she doesn't know what she doesn't know about me. And two, she absolutely doesn't know what's best for me. And most people that think they know what's best for you, they don't even know what's best for themselves. And so they have to take over like most of us into understanding and to praying for that person's happiness that they care so much about us that they become ignorant, arrogant, that our own love and unconditional love from the closest people to us have created an arrogance that they know what's best for us because they care and want the best for us so bad that they think they know what's best for us. They don't. So what do we do with people that love us with ignorant arrogance in mind is we take it like a handful of sand. See, this is where people get defensive, create resistance, separation. Now you end up, you know, interfering with the greatest relationships in our lives of unconditional love. And so many people are, you know, just, you know, what you resist persist, doing exactly what they don't want to do. If you take an arrogant, ignorant family member who only wants the best for you and you take their advice like a handful of sand and you tell them, thank you so much for your advice. I appreciate it so much. You add so much value to me. Thank you. Thank you. I will take that under consideration. Instead of our egos getting in the way saying, you don't know me. I don't need to go to college. I'm a, blah, blah. no, 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 no. Thank you so much. I am going to take that. You love me so much. I appreciate you caring so much. Let me take that under consideration. And uh, I appreciate you. That's amazing. And just let it fall through your hands if it's not aligned with your own values, your what, your who, your how, your now, and your why. Remember, if you want those five daily practices or the open-ended guide or the seven faces of intention, my book guide exercises, of course, I can uh, sign a book, send it to you, pay for the book and shipping, not a problem. David at dmelzer.com. David at dmelzer.com. I'll send all this stuff to you. Ryan, you're up next. We got about eight minutes left, everyone. Keep it rolling. Thanks, Ryan. Cool. Thanks, David. Um, my question I had planned, you're actually like on the track with it all the way back to Mia because um, something I work on is, is mentoring both at work and designers. And imposter syndrome is this thing that, that you've probably heard of. And I think of it as you're talking now about this, you know, this spectrum, everything from feeling inadequate all the way to the opposite of imposter syndrome, where we see people that are just overly arrogant, like you were talking about. So I wonder if you could talk about your lens on, on that whole imposter syndrome mantra. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I suffered from having an imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome comes from not being worthy or separate, inferior, superior uh, to whatever position that we're in. Um, and it could be energetically inherited or genetically inherited even beyond the you know social economic uh, practices that have evolved in our life some you know childhood traumas uh, but in essence imposter syndrome is created from separation or ego-based consciousness uh, it's the awareness of you know not being grateful uh, not being forgiving and living in a world of liability and blame shame and justification not only do we have to consciously cancel out when we feel separate from inferior to or superior, 
right? People that uh, have imposter syndrome project their insecurity, usually through narcissism and make themselves feel superior to others, uh, not just inferior or separate. Uh, and it manifests itself in anger, frustration, depression, guilt, resentment, offense. All of these things would be indicative of having an imposter syndrome. And so what we need to do is to work within the context of practicing ending the fear that creates the imposter syndrome. And how do we do that? One, identify the needs of the ego, identify the triggers of the ego that cause you to feel as if you're separate, inferior, or superior. It's that simple. How do we do that? Well, guilt, resentment, offense, the need to be right, angry, anxious, frustrated, worried, all of these different feelings uh, are indicative of having an imposter syndrome, but feeling separate, inferior, superior. And so if you identify those and practice and list them out and codify them, and you practice identifying when you are acting in that consciousness, when you are triggered into the primal fears that put the blood outside your brain so you can't use your higher power of thinking and put it into your body so you can fight, feed, fight, or or fornicate, uh, then you can go ahead and utilize three steps to get out of the imposter syndrome to change the way you feel. The first one is simply stop. Don't fight it, don't resist it, don't project your insecurities. You don't have to. You simply have to stop and then drop the second step by breathing. By breathing, you drop down to neutral. You drop down to center so that you have a clear indication of what you want, who can help you, who you can help, how am I gonna get it done, prioritizing correctly what's most important to you and applying your why. See, what happens is if you don't stop, if you try to resist it, go around it, under it, through it, oversell it, back and sell it, lie to it, manipulate it and cheat it, fight it, anxious it, worry about it, all you're doing is creating not only resistance, but you start accelerating in the wrong direction because all the blood's in your body, remember? So you're fighting, feeding, flighting, or fornicating in the wrong direction. Instead of stopping, dropping by breathing, and then rolling in the right direction, if you remember, number one, identify what this imposter syndrome is triggered by, and then two, when I'm triggered, my mind, my body, my soul are on fire, you got to stop, drop, and roll when you're on fire. And when you get into that practice, you'll only spend minutes and moments separate, inferior, superior, projecting, angry, anxious, frustrated, guilty, resentful, etc. Instead, you'll be in the flow, inspired, utilizing creativity, kindness, uh, love, beauty, expansion, abundance, and receptivity in order to effectuate the true faces of intention so that you can have the coincidences you want. Does that sound fair? Amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, let me absorb all that. I really appreciate it. Never cool. Never reach, re re reach out to me. I got a few templates on that or send you my book too. I go through that in detail for you. Don't worry, David at dmelser.com. I'll send it to you so you can, if you didn't take notes because I talk fast, I'll be happy to send that. Okay. Thank you so much, David. You got it, my friend. All right. Last but not least, Wayne Dyer's Power of Intention Training, the five, seven faces of intention. Tony Moe, what do you got for me? Hey, thank you. You've been dropping jewels all day. So my question is, um, do you feel that um, pivoting or, or going into being an entrepreneur from an entrepreneur because you're not seeing the ROI is necessary, even if it doesn't um, serve your passion or your purpose and is um, 
if you don't mind, uh, um, is self-sabotage a, a form of lack of like self-worth? I love that. So let me address the first question first. Passion, purpose, and profitability can be found as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. And what we want to do is align it with what our own values are. And so as you're determining you know, where you're at, you can find the passion to do something in anything. You give it the purpose by applying your why. And the profitability is just a matter of understanding your skills, your knowledge, and your desire of how it's synergistic, supplementary to, or aligned with certain businesses that are doing well, that may be stable, or you think will be doing well. I'm a big fan right now of being an entrepreneur. I think there's huge opportunities because of the lack of talent. And there's such a need that there's these huge companies that have a ton of money, equity, and benefits that without any risk, you can almost guarantee yourself more success than having to start, you know, the 17 year process of being an overnight success. Uh, it takes, you know, we were talking about there's two types of risk takers, right? Those that are, you know, not afraid to be in a plane. They're not afraid of flying. Uh, that's an entrepreneur. They take risks. Uh, but then there's the entrepreneur that, you know, not only is he not afraid of flying, but he brings his parachute because he's not afraid of the plane crashing. And then you got guys like me and P.T. Barnum and other idiots out there that they don't even care about the plane crashing. They don't even bring a parachute. They just figure, who cares if I crash this time? I'll get back up and rise from the dead. Um, so, you know, please, you know, consider how you can apply your why, your passion to create a purpose by giving thoughts of purpose to the activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for. And, you know, I think the assessment, the profitability assessment, at least in the short term, entrepreneurship sure offers a lot more profitability than entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, there are unicorns out there, but I want everyone to consider how important it is to work for a big company and using that as a milestone. And then as far as self-sabotage goes, everyone in some degree sabotages themselves through the triggers of fear, as I clearly indicated before, utilizing the seven faces of intention, which I'm happy to send to everyone, right? Creativity, kindness, love, beauty, expansion, abundance, and of course, receptivity will allow us to create the coincidences that we want and allow us to not move or resist or accelerate in the wrong direction, but to manifest what we want rapidly and accurately. I thank everyone. It has been over 21 years of doing free training. Blessed to have over 50,000 people on the webinar here, registered and IG Live. Great showing. And of course, on Clubhouse. Next week's topic, Friday, prioritization. I think most people have difficulties with prioritization. So we're going to talk about how do I prioritize my activities? Everybody gets 24 hours of activities a day. Prioritizing is how we get the most productivity, accessibility, and gratitude out of the activities of each day. Tonight, the last episode of Two Minute Drill. If you haven't caught it, it's on Bloomberg TV and Amazon Prime Video. Please apply for season number three. We will be filming in November, $50,000, over $50,000 of cash and prizes every episode. It's the first pitch only show. Uh, so you get your funding through the prizing. Uh, you don't have to worry about some false facade of, of funding there. Two Minute Drill. Office Hours, our newest late night entrepreneur show, airs Friday, October 15th. More to come. Please email me for all the guides, the replays in my book, Seven Faces of Intention, Dr. Wayne Dyer training. The guide is available. Open-ended question template, the five daily practices. 
my book, ebook, audiobook. I will sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping and the book. Don't worry. I appreciate all of you. Most importantly, I want to give big love to my wife one last time. Happy birthday, happy anniversary. And most importantly, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. 